Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> Hello there. It's wonderful to see you return to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker, and today we have got something I... Normally, I would let you touch the objects in here. I would let you inspect them, but this... This piece of antiquity is not for the faint of heart and not to be handled lightly. I've taken the liberty of putting on some gloves that uh, may have particular enchantments to protect me from the effects of said book. But if we open it up and leaf through the pages, you'll see bizarre runes, incantations, and things of great evil. This book is known as the Book of the Damned, but more commonly known as the Darkhold. And it's a book that sits firmly in the center of our latest topic on Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. So let's pull out the kinetoscope and take a look at Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Now, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is a movie that they have been really setting up for quite some time. Of course, uh, you know, it does come off the, well, I won't say the heels, because Doctor Strange came out in 2016, and this is several years since then. But Doctor Strange kind of opened the door to all things mystical and magical in the MCU, and it really laid the groundwork. It's, I think, probably one of the first places we heard the term the multiverse mentioned in the MCU. And so, of course, you had that. You had Doctor Strange's work in, in some of the other Avengers uh, Infinity War saga. And, of course, most recently, uh, Doctor Strange in... Spider-Man No Way Home. You also had the WandaVision series on Disney+, and a lot of this all really kind of setting up uh, this multiverse situation that, well, it, it may seem like it's it's culminating in Multiverse of Madness. Really, I think this is only the beginning of what we can expect from the multiverse in, in this phase of Marvel and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, before we go any farther, uh, there's really no way I'm going to be able to do this without being spoilery. So if you haven't seen uh, Multiverse of Madness, you know, you might want to go watch that before you listen to this podcast. I'm not going to break this movie down for you scene by scene, but we are going to talk about a lot of the things going on with Multiverse of Madness. And, and there were quite a few things going on because, like I said, they've been setting this film up for, for quite some time now. And this film really kicks off James Bond style. I mean, it's an action set piece to really get this thing going. You've got a version of Doctor Strange. Not the Doctor Strange we're used to seeing, but if you know the comics, you know uh, Defender Strange. Uh, it's that version of Doctor Strange along with uh, America Chavez, who really doesn't go by the moniker Miss America in this, but, but this really is just an introduction to her. And I think we're going to see a lot more of her in the in the future we'll kind of talk about that uh, coming up a little bit later on but we see these two characters in this this weird dimension trying to get a book the book of vishanti which this book kind of acts as a foil to the dark hold which was uh, really made so prevalent in wandavision and this is really kind of the only scene breaking down you know to do America Chavez uh, goes into uh, the dimension of the Doctor Strange that we know, the main MCU uh, universe, uh, escaping this this giant demon creature that is chasing her and Defender Strange uh, without getting the Book of Ashanti, and of course her and a dead Defender Strange uh, come into the the main MCU where she crosses paths with Doctor Strange and Wong. Uh, they fight another big monster, and they realize that these monsters have runes all over them. They're uh, being controlled by some sort of magic, and who better to ask about that than 
Wanda Maximoff. So we get a scene, and and I am kind of breaking it down scene for scene right now. I promise that's not going to be the whole thing, but it really, this sets up where this movie goes from here. And you get that scene that we see in the in the trailer, and we actually saw a clip of this scene. I believe they uh, released it here uh, a, a while ago, but it's of Doctor Strange talking with Wanda in the the apple orchard with all the the apple trees blossoming, and she kind of comes across as, "Oh, well, this is a this is a problem, and I'll help you." And then she mentions uh, America's name, and Doctor Strange never said it, and the jig is up. Uh, she knows exactly who he's talking about, and the apple orchard, the apple trees. Uh, that are blossoming turn into uh, this other sort of, I, I don't know whether, uh, you know, she bends reality. So I'm not sure exactly where they're supposed to be, but all the trees are dead. The landscape is red. And Doctor Strange realizes that Wanda is the one that is chasing America Chavez and trying to get her because America Chavez, uh, this character is a character that can uh, jump through universes she can travel from universe to universe and there's only one of her well everyone else usually has some variant of themselves uh, some other version of themselves from this universe to that universe to the other there's only one america chavez now i'm i'm not really familiar with her in the comics because she's a a character that came along uh, much later, I think her first appearance was in 2011, um, and, and by then I hadn't really uh, been reading much comics, kind of paying attention to what's going on in the world of comics, but not uh, a great vast knowledge of some of these newer characters coming out. So she's, she's a character that, uh, unlike a lot of the other characters in this movie and in the MCU, uh, I, I'm not aware of, of her backstory uh, in any great detail in the comics. So I, I don't know if this this situation where there's only one version of her uh, because she can move from universe to universe. Uh, I don't know if that's in the comics. I'm assuming it's a comic book thing. If anything, they've really played this movie and some of the some of the things that go on in this movie uh, very well. They're great adaptations of some of the events of the comics. While they may tell things a little differently, like this America Chavez character, while they may tell her story a little bit differently, it is, uh, from my understanding, uh, very true to the character that is in the comics. But if you go back to WandaVision, the reason Wanda wants America Chavez is because she can move from universe to universe and she wants to find a universe where she can get her twin boys back. And that's where we find this movie. It really is kind of a a chase movie where you've got Wanda chasing uh, America Chavez and Doctor Strange around the multiverse trying to get her through the dark hold, uh, through a spell in the dark hold, Wanda can possess another version of her in a different universe. So she can be in another universe without actually having to travel there, which which made uh, it was an interesting idea. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool that uh, through through dark magic she could she could travel the multiverse without traveling the multiverse. Uh, they call it dreamwalking in this. We see America Chavez and Doctor Strange end up in Earth 838, which is not anything, uh, if my understanding is correct, not a version of Earth that is mentioned in the comics. So there's no precedence for what goes on in Earth 838, although they do mention that the Marvel Universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Doctor Strange, where the, the universe where he is from and where the Avengers and, and Spider-Man, that is Earth 616, which is true to the comics. And it's also, I mean, it, it kind of canonizes that, but Mysterio in Spider-Man Far From Home uh, mentions that the Earth that they're on is Earth 616. How he would know without ever traveling the multiverse, maybe he had multiverse knowledge. Kind of interesting and something that we may or may not get some answers to how he knew that down the road. Uh, I would like to see Jake Gyllenhaal reprise his role as Mysterio uh, in, in some variant version. But uh, but that's, that's another podcast altogether. But that really is what this movie is about. It is about the Scarlet Witch. She has gone full-on batshit crazy. She has allowed the remorse of losing the children she created 
in Westview, in WandaVision, and probably also there's corruption uh, from the Darkhold, the dark magic in the Darkhold. As we see her, she's got the black fingertips like Agatha Harkness did in, in WandaVision when she had been corrupted by the Darkhold. So Wanda is quite off her rocker and consumed by grief of the loss of her children and willing to do anything to get her children back. Uh, no matter if she has to kill uh, America Chavez, who in this story is a 14-year-old child, uh, she will kill her to take her power so she can get her kids and she can protect her kids. And I guess that kind of leads us into, you know, that, that's the basis of the story. Uh, the, the characters and the actors that played them, the cast proper was quite small. I mean, this basically was Benedict Cumberbatch, Soshi Gomez, Elizabeth Olsen, and Benedict Wong. I mean, there were some other actors, but we, we mainly followed these four actors. And that's one of the things I, I thought this story, when you saw the trailers and you saw all the reviewers and the, the talking heads out there and the people that kind of analyze this stuff uh, on YouTube and, and in podcasts and whatnot, you know, everybody's really looking in so deep as to what this could be what's the bigger picture and and i even found myself doing that thinking that this was going to be just some vast interwoven lots of complication but this really was and i think the the smart play on this this was a very simple story and very simply told you know i heard people talk about well there's going to be two versions of wanda and and there is to a degree but i, th I think it was a lot of people trying to make our wanda and the mcu the good guy and there's a bad version of her out there and there that's the one causing the problems and uh, of course everyone uh, thanks to wandavision talking about uh, mephisto and nightmare all the different versions of doctor strange uh, there were a lot of ideas about how they played in and it really uh, from what i heard and even like i said what i was all the the imaginings in my own mind uh, was creating quite a complicated story and they they refrained from that which i thought was smart this didn't need to be a complicated story this was a simple story and it dealt with some complicated things you know multiversal travel but they told the story simply and they didn't spend a lot of time overthinking things which i think was smart they let the characters really tell the story and and that's one of the things i loved most about this and i've got to tip my hat to elizabeth olsen who plays wanda maximoff the scarlet witch she did a fantastic job in this i mean she she's a, a great actress i i really enjoy her work but the uh, the range of emotion that she plays in this is just stunning because you play all these different things. The the grief of a mother who's lost her children and all she wants to do is find them. To the anger of, of things not going her way. People standing in her way. To the... Uh, I mean, she didn't play insanity over the top which was so smart it but you you've kind of caught that little bit of a san insanity that little bit of crazy creeping in just under the surface like at any moment she could go full-blown batshit crazy but she's not quite there yet she's keeping she's keeping the crazy just below the surface and you could see it in her eye and you could hear it in her voice and it was just uh a magnificent job. Uh, she really did. I, I don't want to say she carried this movie because there was a lot of great actors that that did a great job in this movie. But what she did in this movie was, I think, some of her finest work. And you can say what you want about superhero movies. You can say what you want about Disney and Marvel. They get great actors to play some of these roles. And the writing teams that they bring in, uh, write some really good stories and they write really good characters and when you got a great actor like this uh, playing a well-written character that really goes through a lot of emotion and really has an arc like a roller coaster uh, there's a lot there there's a lot for her to chew on as an actress and it, it was just such a a wonderful wonderful experience to watch her in this role now i know how things end 
There's speculation as to whether she'll return, but I, I have to imagine she will be back in some form or fashion in the not-too-distant future. Of course, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, as Doctor Strange, always does a fantastic job. He, he just plays... I think he was born to play this character uh, because he plays the the humor of it. He plays the sadness of it. Doctor Strange is a tragic character uh, from the car wreck that destroyed his hands uh, to where he could no longer be the rock star surgeon to pushing away his love, Christine Palmer, to the superhero with the weight of the world on his shoulder. You know, every time something goes wrong, he's the one that's got to fix it to having to make the tough choices. Because as we saw in Endgames, he had to, he, the Endgame movies, he had to make tough choices to defeat Thanos. Uh, in this, he has to make a tough choice in order to, to save the day. But, you know, this tough choice comes with a price and comes with a cost. And he plays the heaviness of, of that very well. And also, he can bring he can bring some humor to the table uh, with a sarcastic comment. And me, who who you know, uh, I was raised on sarcasm. I excel at sarcasm. I've got a PhD in sarcasm. Uh, I can appreciate a smart-ass remark uh, just as much, if not more, than most. Of course, Benedict Wong returns as Wong, and I I just love Benedict Wong. My wife and I. Uh, rewatch. Well, I rewatched. She was watching the first Doctor Strange movie for the first time, and I forgot how much I enjoyed Benedict Wong in that. Uh, he just uh, another great actor that I don't think gets recognized for you know his range. He can play serious and stern, and even sometimes angry. Watching him. In the Marco Polo series on Netflix, uh, I was so sad to see that move that uh, series canceled. But I really, he was the standout of that show playing uh, Kublai Khan, and he played this stern, severe, but sometimes soft and and tender character, uh, a ter- character that uh, was revered and feared, but also a character that did have a soft spot from time to time. And he just played that very well. He plays the Wong character very well. Cause Wong is this, this monk, uh, sort of sorcerer who has been defending, uh, the realms for, for, uh, who knows how long, but, uh, he's very serious about what he does. But when he interacts with Benedict Cumberbatch, the two Benedicts, uh, those two make magic on the screen. And he, you know, for as, as serious as he always looks, uh, Benedict Wong, uh, for as stern as he can sound, depending on the character, even, even sometimes bordering on anger, he can deliver one-liners and bits of comic relief uh, without being a stereotypical comic relief uh, type of character. Uh, it's just it's just magic on the screen. I, I'm such a huge fan of Benedict Wong. And then you get the uh, MCU debut of the America Chavez character played by uh, Sochi Gomez. And I, I really like her. I, I felt that she didn't get enough in this movie, though. But she really... Uh, did a good job with what she had available. I, she really just kind of felt this character, I should say, just kind of felt along for the ride. It kind of felt like just a, a MacGuffin to keep the whole story moving forward. Uh, something for Scarlet Witch to chase and for Doctor Strange to defend. When we meet America Chavez, she has this power where she can move from one universe to another through this portal, but she only can do it when she's really afraid. Uh, She can't control this power. And I don't even really think she's realized the other powers that uh, Miss America has. Of course, she does have that uh, ability to open the the dimensional portals, the universal portal portals and the multiverse, but she also has superhuman strength, flight, I believe she's invulnerable, those sorts of, you know, your your typical superhero stuff. But she doesn't realize it for the most part until the very end. And and while we don't get much of a character arc with her, like I said, she spends most of her time just being chased by Wanda. We do towards the end, we get to see her 
her character kind of come into her own because she, you know, she starts to to understand how to control her powers. That it's not just a, a power of opening up these universal uh, dimensional portals. She also has uh, when she has a bit of a fight scene with Wanda, uh, which which was really cool for as brief of as it as it was. It was a really cool fight scene, and I was kind of hoping to see a little more. But she starts to use some of her her superpower and and that sort of thing. Um, this really is just kind of an introduction to this character. I think this is a character that we're going to see more and more of. You know, they've been talking about doing a Young Avengers film sometime in the future of the MCU. And of course, uh, America Chavez is a part of the, or was a part of the Young Avengers. And I think, you know, this is a great character to be a part of that. I think a powerful character to be a part of that. And I think Sochi Gomez is a great actress who I'm looking forward to seeing more of her as this character. Uh, As we see this develop, you know, after it's all said and done, we see her training at Kamartage, the the home of the sorcerers in the MCU, the training ground, if you will. And she's training to be a a sorcerer, although she's having kind of some troubles getting the the sparks to fly like, uh, like Benedict Cumberbatch as Stephen Strange in the original Doctor Strange movie. So uh, it it was, it was a kind of a a double-edged sword. You know, I, I liked what uh, Sochi Gomez did with this character. I just don't think they had a lot for her to do. And I'm excited to see more of her as this character, uh, America Chavez. And, and maybe maybe next time we'll get a proper superhero name of uh, Miss America in the in the next go around but it was it was really i really enjoyed what little we got of her character because i think she's a a fine young actress now we did get to see the return of mordo from dr strange the original movie played by chiwetel Ejiofor. i really liked his character in the first dr strange uh, I like him as an actor. Of course, he does uh, a lot of stuff. He's in the new uh, Man Who Fell to Earth movie that came out on Showtime uh, sometime late last month, uh, which is something I don't have Showtime, so I haven't had a chance to watch it, but uh, I'm really excited for the chance to to get to watch this version. Of course, David Bowie in the original back in the day. So Chiwetel Ejiofor uh, plays a version of of Mordo, uh, not the one from the the MCU. He plays a, a version of Mordo in, on Earth 838 that we spend quite a bit of time in in this movie, in this uh, version of Earth. But he does a, a great job. He's a, a fantastic actor, and he, he plays uh, he plays the subterfuge of this character so well, uh, so warm and welcoming to begin with. But then, when his true intentions are revealed, he seems sinister, and well, maybe not sinister, but uh, he, he he plays the ill intent. Uh, he has for Doctor Strange uh, very well. So it was it was really cool to see him return as this character. I'm excited uh, that maybe sometime in the near future we'll get to see him return to the MCU proper, the 616 Earth version that we have in our main MCU timeline and universe, I should say. And of course, Rachel McAdams returns as Christine Palmer. I actually gets to play a couple versions of the Christine Palmer character, uh, both in Earth 616 and Earth 838. Stunning actress, does such a fantastic job with this character. This character is not a main character, so there's not too much to say, but but she does a great job. Although I, I think she I think her character had a little more agency in this one because the events on Earth 838, she was a little more involved with this. So it was really kind of cool to see her get to be a main player of sorts. Like I said, she's not a main character in this, but she she gets uh, a lot to do in this and she gets a lot of action and she gets to be a part of the uh, of the conflict uh, which which is nice to see because like i said she's a she's a fantastic actress now one of the coolest scenes and this is going to be a huge spoiler but one of the coolest thing, things that uh, they did in this movie is on this earth 838 uh, they kind of talk about how they defeated Thanos, but it wasn't the Avengers. Uh, Doctor Strange started this group called the Illuminati, which is a group of, of superheroes that they defeated Thanos 
And now there's a lot that involves Doctor Strange involvement with the Illuminati and the fate of that version of Doctor Strange in this Earth 838 that I'm not going to get into. That you can watch the movie. But the bigger thing in this was the fact that they brought some some characters in that we weren't... I mean, some of them you were expecting. They did have the scene where you hear Patrick Stewart, as everyone assumed, Charles Xavier speaking. Uh, some of the later trailers, you saw that, that yellow uh, hover wheelchair that was made so popular in the 1990s X-Men animated series. Uh, you saw a little glimpse of that, and that, of course, is exactly the case. Uh, that's exactly what we saw. We saw Patrick Stewart reprise his role as Professor X. Uh, he's even wearing the green suit that he wore in the 90s X-Men animated series. He's got that uh, that yellow hover wheelchair. And one of the things I loved is when he used his like mental telepathy, his mental powers, they did the, the effect of like the circular waves, like a, a pebble in a pond that those uh, waves coming out uh, from his head, which was huge in the X-Men animated series also in the comics whenever professor x would use his powers so it was such a cool easter egg for them to one have patrick stewart as that version of professor x and to to have that display of his powers that is very much centric uh to the the animated series and the comics and another badass thing is that when he comes out you hear the theme to the 90s X-Men animated series in the score. Uh, you hear that that song played. It was just... Uh, I, I've been to movies where everyone's cheering at big Easter eggs and big character reveals and stuff like that. Uh, this crowd I was with was... A, it was you know, it's a Saturday afternoon. Everyone's a little more reserved. But at that moment, I was like, are, are we not going to cheer? No. No, we're not cheering. Uh, I wanted to cheer because that was such a cool little fan nod that that uh, I just I love that. Uh, I, I got to tip my hat to everyone involved in in making that happen. You also had Haley Atwell as Peggy Carter, aka Captain Carter. Yeah, I remember from the uh, What If series, they did uh, you know What If there was no Captain America, it became Captain Carter. Uh, she's there and just looked great in the Captain Carter suit with the Captain Carter shield. Uh, just It was so cool to see that character on the screen like that. You also had another variation. Uh, Lashana Lynch, uh, who plays Maria Rambo. She is the Captain Marvel in this universe. So it was her in the test plane instead of Carol Danvers. And it was her that got blasted by the infinity stone and got the captain marvel powers so it was really cool to see her in the captain marvel suit and see this kind of variation this variant on captain marvel they also had anson mount who plays black bolt in the the short-lived abc show the inhumans back in 2017 uh he's playing Black Bolt in this universe, which I thought was a cool nod to uh, to him as the character in this ill-fated TV series that that never really got uh, a fair shake and never really got off the ground. But the only difference is he is in a more comic accurate suit, and <laughs> Doctor Strange even makes fun of him having a, a tuning fork on his on his head. But but it was really cool to see him as that, and probably the only thing that could make me geek out more than Patrick Stewart as uh, 90s X-Men animated series Professor X was seeing none other than John Krasinski as Reed Richards, a.k.a. Mr. Fantastic of the Fantastic Four. And I know people have been talking about fan casting him and, and his lovely wife as Reed Richards and Sue Storm forever you know i've seen so many uh, photoshopped pictures of john krasinski in the the fantastic four outfit that i was like ah that would be so cool because one i'm a huge john krasinski fan love him in the office love him and everything he's done since then love him what he's done as an actor and a director in the a quiet place movies 
Uh, so it was so cool to see him show up as Reed Richards in this. Uh, it was just, like I said, I, I really geeked out on that. It was another one where I was like, no, we're not, we're not cheering. Okay. Okay. Now, unfortunately, uh, then, then this is going to be a huge spoiler. Uh, there is a fight scene with Scarlet Witch and these members of the Illuminati and she makes short work of them and some of it. And I'm going to talk about Sam Raimi as a director coming up a little bit later, but you really saw some of Sam Raimi's horror chops, his horror background in some of these kills, because some of them were kind of, kind of gruesome for Marvel and Disney. First up, Black Bolt, uh, he's going to give a shout and, and kill her, but then she uses her reality, uh, bending powers to take away his mouth. And when he try, as he tries to scream and it, the sound reverberates in his head and his head, it doesn't explode like you would expect from a traditional horror movie, but you could see the expansion and contraction of something going on inside his head and it doesn't look good. That was probably uh, one of the more jarring deaths in this. Uh, you saw Reed Richards unwound like a strand of elastic with all the different interwoven bits of, of rubber string. Uh, he's unwound and it's, it's, it's not bloody. It's not gory. It's not disgusting, but John Krasinski's scream at the very end, as it's going from the end of his, his arms and legs to the, to the center, his core. And it's just, it's disturbing. Uh, you see Captain Carter gets, and again, you don't see it, but it's implied that she gets her Captain Carter shield hurled at her and it severs her in two. And, and the one character I wish could have got a better death uh, because the showdown between Monica Rambeau's Captain Marvel and, and Scarlet Witch, I mean, that's two huge heavy hitters with some some amazing superpowers uh and and the fight you know it lived up to its billing it just wasn't very long and you know they ended it with scarlet witch toppling a big statue on top of her uh which i felt was a little lackluster given the gruesome deaths of the other three and then of course professor x uh goes into and this this happens a, a little bit later i think but he goes into wanda's mind and and he's trying to rescue uh the version of wanda maximoff that scarlet witch is possessing in this universe he's trying to rescue her in hopes that she'll take over the body again and Wanda essentially snaps his neck and it's uh, uh it was it was jarring how how they visualized that in in the movie so I was I was quite pleased with some of the deaths it very much had uh some of Sam Raimi's horror aesthetic that that he's known for and I have to do I, I do have to mention one more uh, cameo there is a scene when Doctor Strange and uh, America Chavez show up at Earth 838 and they're walking along and America Chavez gets some food, these pizza balls, and Doctor Strange says, I had to pay for that. She's like, oh, I'll freeze. F food's free in most all the universes. And then the street vendor that she got the pizza balls from is like, who, are you going to pay for that? And it's none other than Bruce Campbell, uh, who has starred in so many Sam Raimi movies, the Evil Dead movies. Of course, he made cameos in a lot of other Sam Raimi movies, like the Spider-Man movies. And just uh, always a delight to see him uh, show up. And Doctor Strange puts a curse on his hand where he keeps hitting and smacking himself. And Doctor Strange like, oh, it'll wear off in about three weeks. But uh, but it was really kind of a fun nod to the Evil Dead movies where um, I believe it's the other hand. I think this is his left hand that gets possessed in, in Doctor Strange. 
and Multiverse of Madness and his right hand in the Evil Dead movies gets possessed and is trying to kill him. And of course, that's the hand he ends up cutting off. But uh, it was it was a fun nod to that, him having a hand possessed again that wants to kill him. So all in all, the the actors that they, they have play these roles, I mean, they're just uh, top-notch. Uh, everyone fit their character perfectly. Uh, it's so well cast. That's one of the things I, I love about uh, Marvel movies is that they are so well cast. Very rarely do they ever cast somebody that I think, oh, I, I just didn't believe them in that role. Um, I mean, I, maybe there's one. I, I can't think of any right offhand, but uh, but the cast really made this movie so enjoyable to watch. And the look of the movie was was spot on. I mean, you come to expect a, a certain quality of production value from a Marvel, Disney superhero movie, an action movie like this. And, and they really uh, did a fantastic job. Uh, one of the things I thought was really cool and kind of made this movie feel different from a lot of the other Marvel movies is the fact that Sam Raimi was directing. And Sam Raimi, of course, no stranger to superhero movies. He, of course, directed the Spider-Man uh, 1, 2, and 3, the Tobey Maguire uh, Spider-Man movies. And I, I don't want to say he outdid what he did in the Spider-Man movies. Of course, this, you know, were how many years since those movies came out? Uh, the CG is so much better now. Superhero movies are so much more commonplace. You know, when when the first three Spider-Man movies came out, that really was kind of the, as far as Marvel goes, uh, that really was the only thing going for Marvel at, at that time. So, uh, you know, a lot has changed from there to here. And I think, you know, uh, Sam Raimi showed why he is a great choice to as a director, period, but a director of some of these because uh, some of these superhero movies, because he adds such a, a great element of not horror, but you can tell his horror sensibilities. Uh, there were so many things that really spoke to his like evil dead past the scene where they bury uh, Dr. Strange buries uh, Defender Strange and you knew what was coming later on and the scene where Dr. Strange um, to, to save the day he's stuck in this other reality with uh, or this other universe with Sinister Strange uh, so to do that he ends up with a copy of the Darkhold and he possesses the Defender Strange version the same way Wanda is possessing other versions of her other variants of her in other universes uh, and I like how uh, he says it doesn't have to be a living version of yourself and of course he possesses the dead uh, defender strange and the hand comes up out of the ground very much uh, like an evil dead movie and the look of the zombie doctor strange and the demons uh, the souls of the damned that they uh, introduce into the story just looks so terrifying there's one scene where uh, you know the the souls of the damned are snapping at people and and it just it was it was there was a little bit of scariness to it uh, not not you know to call not enough to call it pure horror uh, because it is disney and they are trying to keep it you know family friendly you don't want to scare the kitties uh because if you do that you're not going to sell uh any lunch boxes or book bags or action figures but uh, but it did have those little touches of sam raimi's horror background and those those scenes where where things went dark, uh, that scene where the the landscape goes dark when Doctor Strange is talking with Wanda at the very beginning of the movie, it's dark and twisted and just felt like the landscape of a horror film. Uh, just I, I give a lot of credit to Sam Raimi in in a lot of those scenes and a lot of the look of some of the things in this movie that kind of lent itself more towards a horror movie than a superhero movie. So it was kind of cool to have those elements of horror without it being a pure horror film. Uh, that's what I would like to see. I'd like to see Marvel and Disney grow a pair 
and do like a scary superhero movie. I think there's a lot of uh, places where you can do that. Uh, I know Werewolf by Night that's coming out around Halloween in October sometime on Disney+. Plus. Uh, there's an opportunity for that to, to lean towards horror. I don't think they'll do that, unfortunately. It may have some jump scares or something like that because it is a werewolf and they're doing it around Halloween, but I, but I don't expect much there. But if you did a live action like uh, like the what if version of uh, you know the Marvel zombies. If you did a live action version of that, uh, and and Sam Raimi could direct something along those lines, I, I think that would be a real cool opportunity to add some true, honest to god horror to these superhero movies. Which I, I don't think that's a bad thing because horror and comics go back a, a long way to the old EC comics and you know. Comics in general, Marvel comics in general, have always had, from time to time, uh, some elements of horror uh, interwoven in with some of these stories. And it was kind of cool to see that on the big screen. So I really loved what Sam Raimi brought to the table here. And it's, uh, I want to say it's been uh, a hot minute since he's directed anything. I mean, as far as films go, uh, Oz the Great and Powerful... Back in 2013, uh, that was probably the last thing, the last big movie he's directed since this. I mean, I know he's done some some short films. I know he's worked as a producer and a writer on a lot of things. And of course, he's worked on Ash versus the Evil Dead. Uh, so it's not like he hasn't been doing anything for years. But as far as like theatrical films, he hasn't done anything in quite some time. So it was really nice to see him uh, return to the big screen with such a wonderful story, a wonderful look, a wonderful feel. The direction, I think, was spot on with this. And, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, Danny Elfman had a great score for this. It just, the whole package, the writing, I thought it was a really good story. Like I said, you know, between what a lot of the podcasters and reviewers and speculators on YouTube and even myself uh, thought of the trailer, where we thought this was going to go, uh, just got really complicated and all the things that that we were kind of expecting out of this film and for them to keep the story simple to keep the the idea simple uh you know wanda is a bad guy in this uh because she's crazy with grief and at the end of the day she and, and that's one of the things i really loved about this movie is the ending because at the end of the day wanda wanted america chavez's powers so to defeat wanda she gave wanda what she wanted and wanda realized that what she wanted wasn't right it wasn't the right thing it wasn't the right thing for uh, her boys from some other universe you know they they even talk about it throughout the movie you know what is she going to do when she takes her boys from their version of their wanda maximoff mother in that reality in that universe and she never really had a good explanation uh, she just wanted her boys back and when she got it she realized the horror of what would happen if she took her boys from another version of herself and it was just heartbreaking and the realization of of what she was doing and her trying to redeem herself by doing the right thing after a whole movie of just completely doing the wrong thing uh, i mean uh, the look of of her she dove into madness in some points uh, was just kind of frightening and again I, I think i'll leave it up to uh, sam raimi's horror sensibilities there was a, a scene where scarlet witch is uh, possessing another version of herself in the earth 838 where she's attacking the illuminati headquarters and she is walking through uh, kind of uh, they don't do it really red uh, but it looks like blood coming down half her face. And it felt very much like uh, Carrie White from the Stephen King novel and the C.C. Spacek movie from the 70s. Uh, it looked like Carrie kind of when she's going through town, blowing shit up everywhere. Uh, she kind of had that vibe. She's just going through uh, destroying everything in her path to get what she wants. And I thought that was a brilliant 
uh, way for them to go about that, a brilliant reference point to to make that all happen. And there are also a lot of Easter eggs uh, towards WandaVision in this. In the, the one scene where Professor X is trying to rescue uh, inside Wanda's mind, the version of Wanda from the Earth 838 under this rubble as a kind of a cage to keep her trapped while Wanda from Earth 616 is possessing her body. Uh, you see a TV there and you can see it's staticky, but you can see WandaVision playing on that, the intro to WandaVision. Uh, they make a lot of, they, they talk about Vision, uh, his his spirit is there. He never shows up in the movie, which I, I kind of thought we might get Vision. I know Vision as we knew him in WandaVision is different. Uh, they have the white Vision who kind of flew off at the end. you got to imagine he's going to return as regular Vision sooner or later. I thought it might be in this. Uh, it wasn't. I was kind of hoping with Professor X in this, we might get the introduction of the X-Men into the MCU proper. Uh, we might find a reason. You know, everybody kind of talked about how they might do some sort of House of M thing with uh, Wanda and, and Scarlet Witch and it bring mutants into uh, the MCU, but that didn't happen. You had a little bit of Wanda's background with the uh, Wanda Gore Mountains, and uh, they didn't really play into, like I said, outside of a, a veiled reference to Nightmare, uh, you didn't really have uh, a lot to go on with you know, her backstory, although they have been talking about doing a Wanda Scarlet Witch a standalone movie where they would probably delve into the god Cthone who gave Wanda her powers in the comics, probably Mephisto. We might finally get a Mephisto sighting or a nightmare sighting, but uh, but that's kind of all speculation. But they, they never really went into a lot of detail there. So uh, that's why I think, you know, in spite of how it ended, I don't think we've seen the last of Wanda. So I really loved what they did with this. I liked how they, like I said, kept the story simple and and it had just a wonderful look, sound, feel. It was wonderfully acted. It just, you know, I know a lot of people take a dump on superhero movies like they're lesser uh, because it's pulp. It's, you know, it's for the masses. But, you know, sometimes you got to have just a, a fun ride with superheroes that you grew up, you know, reading comics about. And that's what this was for me, and I enjoyed it. And they did have a couple PS scenes. One really kind of set up where Doctor Strange is going from here. Of course, at the very end of the movie, Doctor Strange, uh, we see that his dabbling with the Darkhold has uh, tainted him. He's got a bit of a, a third eye issue. Um, we find that out at the end. It kind of comes up again in the mid credit scene where this character, Clea, which I, I wasn't really familiar with this character. I didn't know who it was. Uh, the, the scene is short. Clea shows up, kind of rips a hole in the fabric of space and time, and we see the dark dimension that we saw in the first Doctor Strange. Uh, she tells Doctor Strange that he's created an incursion and needs to fix it. Now, they talk about incursions in the Earth 838 with the Illuminati. Uh, incursions are when uh, essentially two universes go to war and one of the universes essentially ends up destroying the other. So something's going on. She's taking Doctor Strange. He's he's all on board with it. A little backstory on the Clea character. She is the niece of Dormammu, who was the, the big bad guy in the first Doctor Strange. And she is the Sorcerer Supreme of the, the Dark Dimension. So uh, be interesting to see what they do with this. Is this going to uh, be Doctor Strange 3? Where Where is this heading? I know a lot of this, a lot of the stuff with incursions, because they mention incursion like every 15 minutes in this movie once it's introduced. And there's a lot of speculation that this is kind of what is opening the door for the next big Infinity War level event and they you know a lot of people are talking about how they're probably going to do secret wars uh, which was a, a a big comic book story arc 
and it has to do with different uh, you know universes and different versions of characters so it'll be interesting to see how we build up to that because they they build up to the infinity saga uh through so many different movies and you know that seems to be this next stage of marvel's uh, cinematic universe uh, is what they're building towards uh, the big secret wars storyline so it'll be interesting to see where dr strange goes next uh, where we're going to see him next and what we happen to look forward to as they they build towards this new big universe destroying event that that they seem to be moving towards and of course they had a, a really fun ps scene of course uh, earlier we talked about how bruce campbell was uh, had his hand possessed by dr strange and it was smacking and and punching him uh punched himself and uh, they had a ps scene where uh after the credits are all said and done you see bruce campbell kind of i can't remember if he gives himself a smack or he's about to give himself a smack or a punch and then it stops and then he breaks the fourth wall looks right into the camera and says or, or screams better yet it's over uh kind of a nod to the curse being over kind of a nod to the movie being over it actually kind of reminded me of the fun little ps that they did with Captain America at the end of Spider-Man Homecoming. So it was just, a, a, I thought, a fun little way to uh, bring Bruce Campbell's character back and give him some resolution and a, a fun way to end the movie. Although I do know a lot of people, I did hear somebody audibly say, uh, that was it. So sometimes you got to live and learn. Sometimes a PSC can set up big things for the future. Sometimes it's just for fun. And sometimes it can be maybe a little disappointed. But I, I thought this was of the fun variety. And like I said, uh, Bruce Campbell, anytime you get him on screen, it's always an enjoyable experience. So if you watch Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, uh, hopefully you enjoyed it as much as I do. I really liked it. It was fun. It was, like I said, it it didn't need to be complicated, and it wasn't. It was a simple story, simply told, and but effectively told. And Sam Raimi did a fantastic job with this, and I can't wait to see. I hope to see more of him um, back on the big screen, whether it be with Marvel, whether it be other things. You know, he's... He's so good with horror, but he's also, you know, he's proven he's good with other things as well. Uh, simple plan, uh, stuff like the the superhero movies, this movie, the Spider-Man movies. Uh, the guy can really do a lot of different things, and I'm excited to see more uh, from Sam Raimi, hopefully uh, on the big screen in the near future. If you haven't watched it and you listen to this and you're like, you're, you're cool with the fact that I spoiled a bunch of things for you, hopefully you enjoyed as much as I do. Uh, I'm sure you'll probably notice things that I missed, uh, but I tried to hit some of the, the bigger points of, of what went on and kind of some of the, the subtext and what's going on with this movie and what we can expect in the future. So uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, check out Odds Bodkin's Curiosity shop on Facebook. We're always posting trailers to the latest movies and uh, series that are out. Speaking of series, coming up on Thursday's episode, we're going to be talking about the Amazon Prime series Outer Range, which just was a, was a brain bender <laughs> starring Josh Brolin and a, a whole list of of other fantastic actors. We're going to talk about that coming up on Thursday's show. And then we got a lot more uh, lined up and ready to go. We're going to start doing some of the uh, random curiosities throughout the week. We'll do the two big shows, Monday and Thursday. But we'll also do some supplementary, uh, you know, 5, 10, probably no more than 15-minute shows uh, as need be. So I'll be looking forward to that. Uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, whatever platform, please like it review it five stars would be awesome but whatever review you give us would be great share it download it all that good stuff uh spread the word to your friends and family uh, neighbors second cousin twice removed whoever you know that loves horror fantasy and sci-fi and you think they might uh, want to check out my thoughts on some of these things uh, please spread the word and share this podcast so until next time thank you for visiting odds bodkin's curiosity shop we hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!